Today's episode is brought to you by Drizzly. Beer, wine, and liquor delivered in under 60 minutes. Let's face it, we've all been in that situation where you forgot to pick something up and you just don't want to get back in your car and head back to the store and get it. Well, Drizzly has you covered. Shop and order from thousands of products from local retailers with absolutely no markup. Seriously. And if you head over to unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y, right now and enter the promo code DRIZZLYDEAL, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Sit back and relax and order yourself a six-pack or a nice bottle of Cab Sav or a handle of Buffalo Trace if you so wish. Do it all with Drizzly at unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly. And then use the promo code DRIZZLYDEAL, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, and you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Drizzly, beer, wine, and liquor, delivered in under 60 minutes. Must be 21 to use. Enjoy responsibly. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Happy hour? More like amateur hour. Welcome to United We Drink. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast that can simultaneously make social distancing better and worse. Welcome to United We Drink right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name is Mike Urevich, and I just am. Uh, I'm joined by my two co-hosts. First is a man that is now definitely looking to sell some slightly used Tampa Vipers attire, Here's Phil Palmasano. I'm actually on the market to buy. If anybody finds a really nice jersey at a discounted rate, which they haven't discounted the stuff yet on the XFLstore.com, um, hit, hit a brother up. I'm, I'm looking for that 20 jersey. <laughs> Next up is someone who has become something of a face mask connoisseur. Here's Joel Codner. <laughs> I've got a face for radio. What can I say? No one's going to debate that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us once again. Um, fellas, we're, we're recording this on Easter Day. Not quite morning yet uh, anymore. Are, is anyone drinking something of adult beverage uh, clarific- uh, classification? I am currently drinking a wild little thing from Sierra Nevada. and still so want to try that. On deck, I have, because it's Easter, rum barrel-aged Malort. (gasps) Oh, my God. You son (laughs) of a bitch. Literally just showed up. FedEx just dropped it off. Shout out to Liquor Barn. Yeah, Liquor Barn out of uh, Chicago. Still shipping liquor. Oh, I got to look that up. Well, I wasn't expecting to record this early, and I was still working on coffee. However, when I went over to my uh, little wet bar, if you will, 
uh, started shuffling some bottles around. I pulled out the Jameson only to reveal two mini bottles of Malort behind it. Yay! <laughs> so it's, it's an Easter be a miracle. Kind of Easter. You should just put one into your coffee. Uh, why? Why ruin the Malort? <laughs> Did you have you had that coffee? The um, dark matter. No, I keep. The thing is, these goddamn K cups are so much easier than French pressing it, which I just keep neglecting to do. But I've got my scale, I've got my French press, so uh, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. But you I'll have the coffee, back. right? I do. Okay. It just came in like this past week, so it's fine. Yeah. I got Joel some coffee when I moved back here. I think it probably took him three months to open that. <laughs> um, I am drinking uh, our High Ridge IPA from Copper Point. Uh, just canned on... 4-2? Four 4-8. Four uh, this one's 4-8. Uh, uh, this week. So that was, what, Wednesday? I think. Yeah, Wednesday. Tasting mighty fine. It's very good. I'm. I'm. When I saw West Coast IPA, I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm all in." Yeah, this uh, this one has become. We're starting to distribute this now uh, in cans. It used to be only available in the tap room for cans, so we're putting it out there on the market in the tap room. I think it's probably pretty close in sales with our A10 that has been on the the market uh, practically since we we opened. So. Uh, this might even give ourselves a run for our own money. I am tapped out of Copper Point beers. I polished off way too many with the neighbors on Friday night. I think, you know, we we like to try and find silver linings. We did a social distancing uh, first responders parade in my neighborhood. And surprisingly, a majority of the neighbors came out. And um, we just ended up sort of screaming and drinking across the streets and my uh, next door neighbor is a uh, first responder and he loves loggers, typically hates anything that I give him. And I gave him a copper point uh, logger and he was in love with it and loved the artwork, loved the beer, was asking me where he could buy it. Um, so needless to say, my last can of fact check pills is gone and all of my logger was drank that night. So. One statement and one statement and one question. First, the statement. Uh, get have him enjoy that artwork while he can because that is changing. Uh, with the new branding, we have printed cans that will be coming in. Uh, hopefully, sometime soon. We got our we got the test batch of cans in the mail. So A10 and uh, Lager will be in printed cans. Uh, newsflash: If anyone didn't know that, um, and then question. Were your yards littered with uh, cans and bottles uh, the next morning? And you're like, oh, shit, now we got to clean this up. No, surprisingly not. I, I actually expected that. My, all, well, I can talk on, you know, our garage was covered in empty cans and uh, bottles. But the only thing that was left in the front yard was at some point in time, one of the neighbors brought a fire pit and we were just burning things one person at a time. We'd just walk over cardboard or wood or anything that we had and just toss it in. It was a community fire pit and it was in between his property line and my property line and that we just had ash and that's about it. So 
It's a uh, new Friday tradition, uh, specifically while quarantining. Um, we're going to try and get the neighborhood out to have a good time and play Perfect. some music. Unfortunately, they have really bad taste in music. It was uh, that was possibly the worst. And I, this is coming from somebody that actually has pretty poor taste in some type <laughs> of his music. So um, yeah, it, it, the guy started playing country music, and the neighbor across the street was like, "Yeah, this is amazing." And I'm like, "Do you have anything else?" And he was like, "Yeah, no problem." And he started playing Aaron Lewis. Uh, the lead singer of Stained, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I I can't stand this. Like, this is this is horrible. Just put on NPR or something. <laughs> they'll, they'll That's my it. only complaint, but whatever. All right, so we are going to talk today about what it was like for us getting into the industry, uh, but more so the the funny things that came out of our early days in this industry um mess ups or not realizing certain things just or just plain dumb moments um i'll i'll start things off right here guys because this was probably one of the silliest things i've ever done looking back on it now and i thought that i was doing kind of the right thing at this point Joel definitely knows this story. I don't know if I've ever told Phil this story, but I was uh, I was at a a beer bar with a friend of the show, Randy, former intern of the show, Randy. <laughs> we were uh, future. We were enjoying ourselves when I heard someone from a group across the bar uh, mention that. He thought that the brewery that I worked for was terrible. And I had only been working full time for probably a month at this point, maybe two. And uh, just let it roll off the back. And then he just kept on saying, like, no, they're awful. They make like one of the friends was like, oh, this is they, they make some good stuff. And he's like, no, terrible. Everything they make is terrible. Like, I don't know why anyone would want to drink their beer. Did this person know you worked at the brewery? And not until I said something. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin the. <laughs> and then the eventually line. I had enough and I said something. And I was like, hey, I work for the, the brewery. You don't like our beer. That's fine. But that doesn't make it terrible. They might, your friends might like it. Other people have different tastes and things. I'm cool with the fact that you don't like it, but don't be trashing us by saying that we make terrible beer uh, and someone else might very well like it. And he just was like, well, that's like my opinion. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, that's your opinion. You can have this opinion, but it doesn't mean that it's terrible. And this, this is actually a conversation Joel and I have had many times is like calling a beer awful when you just don't like it, like it just seems counterintuitive uh, and can turn other people off from something that they might like. Um, but there was some back and forth. And then eventually uh, my friend who owns the bar <laughs> came and was like, Mike, let's let's go step outside and hang out outside. So I did that. And uh <laughs> texted my boss and let him know what I just did just so that uh, in case an email came through 
about an employee uh, calling someone out in public uh, came through. That did not happen. The person did contact me directly and apologize for their behavior, uh, but also then tried to clarify and be like, I'm apologizing, but I need you to understand my perspective on this. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that was me uh, trying very hard to defend the brewery that I worked for in my, my job while also putting my job on the line uh, very early on in my career. Joel, I, you know that story, right? Oh, yeah. Phil, was I think the friend? moral of the story. No, that was the first time I ever heard that story. I think the moral of the story is like, just like in kindergarten when they teach you things, like don't shit talk because you never know who has a connection. Um, you know, Mike, you brought up a really valid point, which is just because you don't like a beer or several beers that maybe a brewery produces, that doesn't necessarily mean that the person next to you or people that haven't tried their stuff may like their stuff. So, um, yeah, sort of just goes back to like do-goodery, I think, right? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a difference between not enjoying a particular beer yourself and the beer itself being bad. And yes. a lot of people can't make that distinction. And you see these reviews all the time. You know, it's basically a meme at this point where it'll say, uh, two out of five stars, I'm, I, I really don't like IPAs. It's yeah. like, well, th- then you would probably rate every IPA the same thing or less. Yeah, you're right. Did you see, I think it was last week on uh, Worst Beer blog that he posted about a guy who reviewed... Rated and reviewed a Hill Farmstead beer that he got in a little one ounce container that someone sent him <laughs> yeah. from a bottle share, and he was like, "Yeah, it's it's flat and not not what I expected." Although I know that the uh, circumstances of trying this beer aren't ideal, but still, like three stars, and people were like, "Dude, like." You're admitting yourself that this is not the best representation of the beer, and you're still rating it uh, poorly. Like some people just don't understand that. Like, and this guy just vehemently fought for his opinion on this, and it's yeah, you're allowed to do that, but should you? Is is the real question there? Because that can necessarily hurt the rating of of something someone's opinion might be changed because of that and you're admitting that it's like the worst circumstance to really be trying a beer well i guess it could what could be worse is a baggie with the beer in it (laughs) see that's the story i was plastic water bottle right since since you brought it up mike and and i was surprised to see that on worst beer blog because for as much as the industry has grown and yeah it seems like everyone is trading and going to all these releases and it feels like it's been a long, long time since I've seen anything like that. And we had someone at our former brewery uh, come to some festival we were putting on at the brewery. Lots of guest beers on tap. And there was Funky Buddha French Toast on uh, tap at one station. That was the beer, right, Mike? Yeah. And this was before they were as widely available as they are now. This, might, I mean, I wonder if they were... Was it Lounge or Big Brewery? No, it was Big Brewery. 
It okay. might have been like their second year open. Uh, yeah, and April. and and their stuff was relatively still harder to come by, and South Florida's most notorious shitlord shows up to the event and takes a, a Ziploc baggie and has his poor put into the Ziploc bag, and then he shows it to me and says he's going to send it to a trader up in Wisconsin or somewhere because he wants to basically show off. Uh, how easy it is to get these things down here and it's like dude what the fuck are you doing like you're you're just ruining that beer it's it's not like it's in any sort of sanitized vessel with head pressure to retain carbonation i mean it's it's a fucking ziploc bag and he's just like yeah i don't care and and stuff like this is being done so that someone can just simply say oh i got to taste it like if you never tasted maple syrup or cinnamon or, or or things like that before, because you have, like, tasting a beer that tastes like that is not some world-changing life moment. Now, I'm not trying to shit on the beer by any means, but no beer really, I feel like, is worth—tastes so different than anything in the world that you have to try it in that fashion. That's asinine. <laughs> what I said, or what? Like the dramatic no, pause no, there. That, it, it, I sorry, I, I was burping. Um, and, and now I got to leave the dramatic pause in the actual podcast too. Um, <laughs> no, that's it. It's absolutely asinine that somebody would put a beer in a Ziploc bag. But I've joked about it before, where uh, that was actually how you used to have to get Pliny the Younger back in the day when it was draft only was in a Zephyr Hills water bottle and somebody went to the bathroom and just poured it into a water bottle. That said, I, you know, me personally, I'm, I'm really happy. I never tried a beer that way. Um, and furthermore, I think the thing that probably irks me a little bit more than the Ziploc baggy approach is the fact that that was honestly a waste of a pour. It, it probably got damaged in shipping. I, I can't imagine you can ship a bag of liquid very easily. And probably the person behind them, or, or you know, maybe 20 people, 30 people behind, never had the opportunity to try that beer, or didn't have the opportunity that day to try the beer. So it's like, and I'm happy that times have changed, but it seems like this is still going on. To some form or fashion? Possibly. Well, it often gets to be a, a prick measuring contest on Instagram. Yeah. I, I mean, guess. Luck- I don't know. Luckily, we don't know very many people that are highly involved in the trading and black market game of, of beer anymore. Thank so, God. like, the, the only times I really hear about things like this is when my coworker goes, Look at this on the the shitlord uh, Facebook page that he's he's in just to be able to look at the terrible things that are going on. I'm like, dude, I don't want to be in those things because I don't want to see the terrible things going on. He's like, I I, I enjoy laughing at them. I'm like, yeah, it just hurts my head. Well, my story is a little bit different. Um, when I jumped into the beer scene back in 2011, I actually had no idea how to sell beer. And before that, I was selling 
uh, rental car insurance at an enterprise rental car and business formations at a LegalZoom-esque style of a company. So my first few weeks was a little interesting and probably the best story that I ever had come out of it was um, my once my training was done, uh, Cigar City Brewing gave me basically a case of unlabeled highlight bottles. It, it was 12-ounce glass at that point in time. And basically told me, like, go out, here's your shopping list or your list of accounts and introduce yourself, uh, talk about being in the industry. Now we have local representation, et cetera, et cetera, and sample more so, more important than anything, sample everyone out that you have the opportunity to. So I decided to start out in Lake downtown Lake Worth, a um, little bit north of Boynton Beach, just south of West Palm Beach. So for those of you that don't understand where Lake Worth is, that's sort of where it is. And I started on one end of downtown Lake Worth and walked my way straight down, did a U-turn, and walked all the way back. And I sampled out almost every bar that I walked into with a 12-ounce bottle of High Life. Carried a cooler with me. I watched the movie Beer Wars. I just expected that that was what it was supposed to be. I thought I had one of the best days ever. I met probably 10 to 15 accounts. They all said, absolutely, we love this beer. This is so crazy. We don't have anything like it. And I asked a very simple question of, what is your slowest mover? And that slowest mover was an incentive beer in my house at the same exact time. So the next day, I got a phone call from the local rep and he's old school beer guy. Doesn't listen to the podcast, but Rob is one of the best guys ever that I've ever come across. Gives me a phone call. I, I answer the phone. I hear, hey, this is uh, so-and-so, the on-premise route runner uh, for downtown Lake Worth. I wanted to introduce myself because you just stole eight of my lines yesterday trying to sell in your product. I've been doing this for 20 years. And he was he was heated. It, it was an incentive beer. He he needed his incentive, and I get it. I told him, my name's Phil. I literally have been doing this for two weeks now, and it's pretty embarrassing that I just took a bunch of your lines. If you have all the all of this experience, and um, long of the short is, I apologized. He still sold my beer, and we went out. We met in person. We did lunch, and we actually this. This specific story gets brought up probably once a year. Every time I run into Rob, we laugh, we joke. I consider Rob uh, possibly one of my favorite and closest friends on the wholesaler side. Um, and, and I've had some crazy stories with wholesalers and uh, have some really good relationships with wholesalers. But this story in particular, when I started out in the industry, was was nuts. It was hands down one of the craziest things to be, get yelled at. And, and honestly, I, I just thought I was doing my job. But um, yeah, so needless to say, uh, Highlight beat Crafty Beer that day. And, um, you know, it, it was pretty cool. That was, that was the start. And then probably the only other time, uh, another funny story is South Florida went uh, about six months without Highlight at some point in time. And we ended up doing a Highlight apology tour. Uh, Mike, do you remember that? I do remember that. Yep. Um, so, or Cigar City apology tour. We actually made koozies yeah. 
and colors that were very similar to a professional football team down here in South Florida. Went around, passed out a bunch of koozies, apologized for not being able to get highlight out. Um, the demand was too high. Uh, it, it, it That was a really, really fun time. And honestly, I, I think that was 2012. 2000, yeah, it had to be 2012, uh, close to the end of 2012. That was one of the more memorable moments that I have as a brewery employee because we really did try and take something that was negative and put a positive spin on it. Yeah, I had one of those koozies. I don't anymore, and I don't know whatever happened to it. Every once in a while, somebody will come by and like throw one at me. Um, I think Ian Salzberg still has some, and John Cook, both friends of the show. Um, and every once in a while, I get a text message like, hey, check it out. But I did have somebody hit me up, um, friend of the show uh, that now lives up in Pennsylvania, uh, random text message one day. He was drinking a beer, and he was like, hey, check out the koozie that I grabbed out of the drawer. And it was uh, an apology tour koozie. You know what? I, I That was 2012 because Due South had just opened, and you were down here with, wasn't it Travis and Justin? Travis, Justin, Lucas and, at that point in time, and... I think that was the team at that point in time. I don't even think Joe Burns was part of the team at that point in time. Yeah. But yeah, I I want to say we slept in the RV in the Due South parking lot. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Phil, that's a great story from the perspective of like so many people in the early days who, you know, weren't indigenous to the industry as far as like having tons of experience. Like so many of us just had no fucking clue what we were doing and just sort of learning day to day. And I mean, I was scared shitless when I first started working in a brewery. I mean, <laughs> I wish this were on video. Phil's chugging Malord, right? Well, barrel aged Malord, correct? God, that's really good. Sorry, not to cut you <laughs> off. It's got it. I'm going to save you some. I'm supposed supposedly put, I have make one sure you company. put it Is in that- a baggie. Yes, give me a little uh, little dime a little bag bit, of it. A little bit sweeter than normal. From really get that rum flavor. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. Keep going. Oh, I can't wait. I actually want to try their hand sanitizer. <laughs> do, do a whole flight of. Uh, Malort, Malort, Barrel Age, Malort Coffee, and the hand sanitizer. See, uh, you know what I wanted to ask you Ask you guys? Where the hell, what happened to the Scotch Tide Pods that we talked about many episodes ago? I never saw those anywhere. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen them in a store. The, like, Keurig machine? The cocktail? No, the remember they were doing oh, little Oh, yeah, the flight, the Scotch the, lights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've never seen them. I have price checked that uh, bottle of um, Nick Offerman Lafroig, and it's Lagavulin. Lagavulin, sorry. Get it? What did right. I say? You said Lafroig. What did I say? Oh, Lafroig. Yeah, Lagavulin. Sorry. Anyways, Joel. Sorry. We get distracted. <laughs> We're like, um, you know, uh, chimpanzees, I guess, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> There's a really good Disney Plus chimpanzee movie, by the way. Um, you should probably watch it. Project X? <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like that's I on what there. It was called. 
It probably is. So that was my story. But yes, you're 100% right, Joel. Nobody knew um, what they were doing or how to do it when we all started out. And specifically back then, it was, you know, n- nobody understood portfolios, or at least I didn't understand portfolios and the importance of a wholesaler to sell within their portfolio. Obviously, it seems like common sense, but when you are a fledgling craft brewery, specifically back then, a win is a win is a win, but then there's a bigger picture and you have to understand wholesale relationships and partnerships and things of that nature as well. Um, so yeah, um, good fun times reminiscing about, um, those days. You also would think that you're, you're sticking it to the man by being like, Oh, getting that big, that big, uh, totally. I felt so good. I I was like, yeah, (laughs) I took that crafty brand down. And no. Once again, like uh, this seems to be a running theme through this show is be a good partner with your wholesalers. Um, understand the different nuance and, and shit that goes into each one of them. It's a fucking relationship. Yeah. And honestly, be, be honest. And, and you know, when, when Rob and I went back and revisited the situation, had lunch and talked about it. Um, he obviously understood I was unaware of what I was doing or how I was impacting an incentive or an in-house brand period. Um, but now he's definitely somebody that I, if I needed something in that territory, no doubt in my mind, I could reach out to him and he would take care of it for me right away. And that's the relationship that spawned from honestly a pretty rocky beginning. I think that it would be hilarious when things get back to normal if you were to get one of his on-premise accounts to send him a picture of him taking off that brand uh, and putting on Highlight just as a like the Highlight handle just as a joke. Honestly, it was so long ago he would probably not think of the story right <laughs> off the bat, even though we talk <laughs> about it annually. Yeah, it's. I'm just putting that out there. It could be a fun joke, maybe. Um, you know, th- this isn't necessary. This is a story that I feel like Joel and I have alluded to every once in a while, but never completely told the, the whole story on it. And it's not something scandalous. It's not even something uh, really super silly. And it's not exactly when we first got into the industry, but I feel the need to tell this story because the person who this is about listens to this show. And this is going to CBC in Portland. So Joel and I, after a seminar, met up uh, and we were like, oh, let's let's hang out here. Um, we found the spot next to some plugs so that we could charge our phones. And I think it was right next to the bathrooms. And we're just standing there talking, charging our phones up. And someone walks over to us and he goes, Hey, you guys mind if I like scoot in here and and plug in? We're like, yeah, no, no problem. So he, he scoots in there and he starts charging, uh, his uh, phone for a little bit. And then eventually he leaves and Joel goes to me. I was just sitting in on that guy's seminar. That's Maddie smooth from new Belgium. 
<laughs> I was like, oh shit. He's like, yeah. He was having this conversation about it, this seminar on, it was dry hopping, was it, Joel? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of funny how he has now become a big fan of the show. We, we DM with him a bunch on Twitter. Um, and <laughs> we actually had an encounter with him by a bathroom uh, over charging our phones at CBC in Oregon. Well, it's funny, like, I still mark out to seeing certain people around, you know, like, ones I haven't met. So, like, you go to a Brewbound talk, and there's just, you know, David Walker standing right there, leaning up against the wall, drinking a beer, um, you know, brewing. Like, you, you fucking walk down the street. I remember we were in Philly, and we had just, I think we had just left Reading Terminal getting some breakfast or something there, and we're heading over to the convention or whatever it is and there's sam calagione on the street and you're just like hey sam and he's like hey he gives you a high five he fucking always remembers yeah. who you are he's met 10 million people probably in his career and somehow will still remember your name if you've met him once nine years ago at saver or some shit i've i've always uh loved how when you go up to his booth at if he's pouring at some event he always asks what your name is and thanks you and like calls you by your name like it's it's a small little thing that really goes a long way i mean even if he doesn't always remember a name it's 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 great to ask a person and make them feel like important by him just wanting to know your name it's that guy has been always super cool the few interactions i've had with him i mean we got him on video to tell one of our coworkers, uh, fuck you. And it, <laughs> it is still up on the internet and still gets a lot of hits. I don't know why I don't monetize that, uh, video, but, uh, it, it's, he, he's a good dude. Yeah. I, I've always appreciated that about him. Do you, do you guys, are there any other like kind of, uh, in a wrestling term, mark out moments that you have had like meeting someone or just like running into someone from in the industry and kind of like fanboy out uh, with them that like even when you first got into the industry, you were like, uh, uh, I don't know how to talk to this person. I'm always like that. I'm just I'm too socially awkward. Like I whether it's a guest at my own place who just is there to drink beer or some master brewer at some major conference. I'm just horrible at conversation. I mean, I'm just innately built that way. But uh, Sam is actually the reason why I always make it a point to ask someone their name. Like, anyone who comes up and they're like, oh, I love your stuff. You know, great. You guys are doing a great job here. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I'll always, always ask them. I, I'll never remember it because I'm terrible. But uh, it's just, it's one of those things that really ingrains in you, like, how this industry is is so people focused and it's the people that make it great i can't necessarily say that i mark out uh using air quotes um i have had some really cool experiences uh and and a handful of those and when you look back at them they're pretty awestrucking um or all striking um dark lord day 2000 and 13, I think it was, um, Barnaby from three Floyd sort of showed us around and got us VIP 
and uh, we were able to we were there actually for a release of a collaboration beer with the answer based out of Virginia. And it was really cool to hang out and drink some really damn good beers. Um, definitely a top moment industry wise for me. Um, then the other piece was I just took a personal trip up to uh, Kansas city with some friends to go to a Kansas Jayhawks game. And we swung by Boulevard and a friend of the show, Jeremy Daner, um, showed us around, gave us a tour, and then invited me up to the roof um, to drink next to the smokestacks, which was really, really cool, overlooking the city um, at that point in time. A uh, pretty cool little thing there was uh, he said, hey, man, you work for Cigar City. We'd love to do a beer with you. At that point in time, I got Stephen, their head brewer, in contact with Wayne, and about two years later, you saw a collaboration. I believe it was number four come out, which was a tropical pale ale. And that beer, the the idea of that beer sort of started drinking on the roof at Boulevard and just having a really good time. And those guys were super generous. Jeremy sent us away with cases of beer out of the tasting room. It was it, Those are areas that I'm not necessarily dumbfounded by a person, but by the situation and, and revisiting that situation, it's really um, heartwarming, I guess. Didn't you also get to drink the hibiscus goza when it was a employee-only beer? They only yeah, made it, was it for like their a, employees or something? It was a test batch or something of that nature that they were doing just for basically shifties at that point in time. Yeah. Um, we we had all kinds of stuff. It was it was ridiculous. Um such a good time. Such a good time. Great people. Um, being able to come back for Bul- Boulevardia a few years later was amazing. Um, just, yeah. It, 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 again, and we talk about it all the time, the hospitality in this industry and the camaraderie in this industry makes it unique from every other situation and industry in the world. And and your your story is so enthralling that Joel has been concentrating on getting <laughs> slime off of pieces of paper in his office. No, I'm actually pulling uh, dog hairs out of this blob of slime. <laughs> even better, even better. This is why I listen no, to he... podcasts at one and a half speed. <laughs> no, he's absolutely right. Um, Going to Boulevardia, I mean, that was definitely a geek out moment. I remember there was a like a brewer's reception first, where we all met in their tap room and hung out. It was like, it was like a, I don't know if it's if it's like their their VIP room or like where they host private events or whatever it is. But someone had smoked a giant pig, and uh, you know, it's all the beers around the house. Help yourself to the food. Help you know, help yourself to the beers or whatever. And like there's Stephen Powell's who. You know, is for all all the debate about the word brewmaster. I mean, that is a brewmaster. I mean, it was it was cool Agreed. enough meeting everyone else there, and and of course Jeremy Danner, and and then you know Stephen Powell just walks up to you and he's like, "Hey, I'm Steve. How are you? Like, uh, where who are you? Where are you from?" And I mean, that was definitely one of those moments where it's like you could not feel any more like a fucking amateur. <laughs> I just imagine him coming up to you like Bart Simpson, like, I'm Stephen Powell's. Who the hell are you? (laughs) But that wouldn't fit your narrative of Midwesterners, uh, especially uh, Kansas City. People are the nicest people in the world. They really are. Uh, And St. Louis and Chicago are like right behind them. 
you know what's also a, a, a great moment that I think about? Joel, you were there at New Belgium. So much of my stuff revolves around New Belgium because every time I've been there, they've been like so warm and generous is uh just wait were you there were you there for the eric sale or was that kevin that was probably kevin oh the old the old one that they found yeah the old, yeah that they, they we were on a, a tour with jack joyce from uh new belgium and he's like we're walking through the fooders and he asks one of the guys, like, oh, is that keg still around? And they're like, yeah, being really secretive. And then, like, oh, come over here. And there's a kegerator just behind some fooders. And they're like, we got Eric Sale on this. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> we got dog barking. We got door slamming. <laughs> Welcome to United We Drink. That should be the sound effect whenever someone mentions an awesome beer. It's Nugget barking his balls off. and hidden who let the dogs out who who uh i have a good story about that later so behind one of these fooders or some of these fooders is this kegerator and they have eric sale on a i believe it's peaches uh sour and they they one of their distributors found a half barrel of this in their warehouse was not in their inventory and sent it back to them as out of date and they tried it it was good they put it on their kegerator and they just were like oh it's for for the employees for special guests that come on through and like this beer was two three years old at this point and just tasted phenomenal and just because we happened to be getting shown around the brewery, we had an opportunity to try that. And it was just this ridiculous moment that like, I can't even believe that I was in that moment at that exact time. That food or forest is a magical place. Like they should almost have it decorated with like, like lights and sounds as if you're, <laughs> I don't know if you've been on the ET ride at universal. Yeah. But like you just add a few of those effects at the end. You know, it's, man, just walking through there and some of the shit you see. And then I, Mike, I thought you were going to bring up the time I ended up like bartending there. That I, you, you always, that's that what story. I think I got uh, confused <laughs> with. Uh, but yeah, that's a great one too. Yeah. We were up there for GABF getting the VIP brewers tour and we went down there and, and there was a single tap kegerator with some crazy wild ale on it was La, awesome. it was La Tarot. Uh, I think it was maybe, but it was incredible. And we were all just pouring ourselves and I don't know how I ended up on the other side of it. Maybe I went looking for a glass or something like that. And then the tours just kept coming through and I ended up just, Oh, here's one for you. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. What's funny is I didn't get any tips by the way. I posted that picture on Twitter recently and someone pointed out that the other guy in the picture with you is one of the owners of Lakefront uh, Brewing in Milwaukee. And they're like, oh, there he is. It was a brewer from Milwaukee that was like, oh, there's so-and-so. 
it's it's kind of funny how those things. I came across my a picture that I took at my first CBC, and Luis from Winwood is in the background of the picture oh, I, I took of the the can that Oscar Blues did for for that. It, it, I need I need to see the picture of New Belgium. I I didn't see you post that. The the one of you pouring the beer. Yeah, I I I'll send it to you. Um, any other uh funny stories or just fun stories that you want to uh share, guys? Phil, I don't know at this point. Um... <laughs> I feel like I feel like I should have been writing them down. There's too many. Yeah, there really is a lot, and it, it, I think that's all part of the reason why everybody's sort of hoping, in, in addition to the financial situation, um, but just to get back to some type of normalcy where these stories can live and breathe again. And new stories um, can be created. And new stories can happen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and it's inevitable. It's coming. Um, but it, in the meantime, we just got to stay positive and and continue to reflect on those things that make this industry so amazing and um, have made our lives that much better. Mike, do you remember when we went to Portland and I thought I had throat cancer? <laughs> Good times. I love that one. That was when I was at my heaviest and uh, snoring was a really bad problem. And I love the cold. And we're out in Portland like early spring for CBC. Uh, I guess it's probably the same trip as, as your Maddie Smooth story. And I go. we stayed in this Airbnb, and I go to sleep with the window open. And it's probably 20 to 30 degrees outside all night long. It's like 40, but still. Well, I'm, I'm snoring all night long with my mouth open and just breathing in all this cold air. The next morning I wake up, and my epiglottis is so swollen. That's that thing that dangles in the back of your throat. And it's so swollen that I thought there was something in my throat. And I even reached into the back of my throat to try to pull it out. And then when I finally got in front of a mirror, I was like, holy shit, that's my epiglottis. It's completely swollen. So when you go and Google that on WebMD, uh, of course, it tells you you have cancer. So I uh, started freaking the fuck out. I'm telling you, like, I need to go to a walk-in clinic or something right now. And you're like, dude, just calm down. Have something cold to drink. It'll be fine. Sure enough, it was. But for a few minutes, I really thought I had seriously fucked up somehow. Because honestly, at my heaviest, uh, that happened to me a few times too, and freaked out the first time. And all of each time was after a, a long night of of drinking heavily, and uh, read a few things, and it was like, oh, it's swollen. So you just have to ice it. And the best way of icing it is drinking very cold water. And yeah, usually within a couple of hours, you're, you're good. And we drank heavily that night before you had like 27 of these coffee drinks at the bar around the corner from our Airbnb. <laughs> That's Spanish coffee. Yeah. Ah, Oregon makes, it makes magic happen out there. Um, all right. So uh, also, you know what? Should have done this at the top of the show. Mental health check. How are you guys doing? Phil? Doing good. Um, you know, sort of chugging along. Uh, last week was a little bit less stressful than other weeks. Um, so, you know, yeah, moving along. Joel? Doing great. 
I actually get anxiety when they talk about reopening America. I'm I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, just chugging along to the best that I can. Nugget so is my dog. <laughs> Nugget seems to be doing good too. <sighs> he, no, <laughs> he he misses his friends. He misses the dog park. Um. So as we mentioned on the previous mini episode, we are suspending operations of the mini episode for the time being and we're going to start doing some virtual happy hours here for the show with some of you our listeners and fans and uh to be able to just you know stay sane talk to some other people and hang out have a beer um we're gonna try doing it on zoom uh sometime next week we're thinking either wednesday or thursday uh, those dates are the 22nd and 23rd, one of one of those. Um, if you stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram, we will give the exact date when we know that along with the time. Um, we're going to only be using a free service, so you'll have to get the login information from us. We'll give it to you in a DM if you reach out to us and tell us that you want to be a part of it. Um, and... We'll only be able to do it for 40 minutes because we're going to use Zoom. Uh, but this is this I think will be fun. This will be a great opportunity to be able to talk with some of you uh, that we have never met in person. And for all of us to just, you know, interact with other humans and uh, this time. We will not be recording these. So no. um, they will be. And in lieu of the mini episodes, it'll just simply, so you're not going to see them if you're listening to this in the past and you're like, oh, where is the recording? Um, we're, we will not be recording these and releasing these onto our podcast stream. So when we tell you that we will be going live, we're literally going live. Um, we're doing this in real time, not recording, not releasing. Um, so yeah, just come in, have fun. Um, few rules, just be positive and, um, you know, be down to, to talk and share, share your stories about the industry, just like we do every other week. And have Malort on hand if possible. Yeah. Jesus. Joel, you want to send me one of those? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. <laughs> that way we all have, have it. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I love the aspect of you had to be there. Uh, that's why we're not recording it. So um, it, it, it'll it just be something that we'll do every other week to be able to stay in touch with all you lovely folks out there and uh, help try to keep you sane while you try to keep us sane. Uh, that might be a hard task for me. Joel's perfectly calm. He's calmer than you are. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anything, anyone, uh, you guys want to plug anything? Last calls. Oh yeah. Last calls. Fuck. I forgot about that. I don't even have one. So <laughs> Joel, go ahead. I would just like to say that if you did not tune into, uh, RZA versus DJ premier on Instagram live last night, you done fucked up. Um, that was one of the most amazing things I've seen in a while playing all sorts of just classic throwback hits. Um, I, I didn't even consider it a battle. It was just each of them going back and forth for 20 rounds, uh, playing some of their absolute classic hits. And 
it was not only amazing to hear all these songs, which you know you can hear anytime you want, but to watch the two of them playing them, going back and forth, talking to each other about stories from when those songs came out, how they came up with those songs. They gave a lot of background information, which was great. I honestly wish this would become some sort of weekly show, and I hate that it took a pandemic to give us this, but it was a really great thing to watch. And then at one point, my all-time favorite song, Mass Appeal, was trending on Twitter. 26 years after it came out, Gangstar's Mass Appeal was trending. I almost cried because um, it's it's a song I dearly love, not only because how great it sounds, but the theme. And the theme is selling out, selling a piece of yourself. You know, what would you do to be relevant and make money and all these different things? And I truly love authenticity and sticking to your morals and your guns. And there are a lot of people who would just sell themselves and, and you know, it's it's an important song to me for a lot of reasons. And I, I see a lot of parallels in, in our own industry when I listen to it sometimes. So to see it trending was just huge. And uh, I'm glad that after 26 years that that song finally got, you know, a few minutes in the limelight nationally. Phil? Well, um, we talked about it at the start of the show, but um, rip to the XFL. It was a good time. Um, I actually think that the league had a lot of stuff right, um, but I think it's a sign that if you do not have a massive financial backing, specifically by the NFL, it's really hard to get a um, fledgling football program or football league started at this point in time um be it the arena football league or even the cfl um i really think that the xfl exposed a few things that are sort of silly about the nfl um i liked the fan interference or um integration of the actual game the access to the players um i thought it was really cool I'm actually very disappointed that it is uh, on permanent hold and, you know, more than likely never coming back. Um, I thought it was actually this iteration of the XFL was really good. I'm actually very disappointed that they, if they do permanently go on hold, because then that means Vince McMahon has more time to spend with WWE. And that's <laughs> not a good thing. Um, I, I, I really don't have uh, a last call. Um, I feel like if you know what, I'll, I'll just kind of plug the show. Um, if you, if you feel the, the need to, uh, support the show and support yourself during these times, um, maybe check out a couple of our sponsors that, uh, uh, can possibly help you like Drizzly or Wink or Devour, uh, that you can get booze wine, beer delivered to your, your house, uh, while you, uh, social distance. So check out our website, unitedredrink.com slash sponsors. And we got a bunch of sponsor stuff on there. So, uh, anything that you do through those links helps go towards this show. Um, and tip. Yes. Tip big. Yeah. Please tip. I, I was just, yeah, Joel, you and I were doing a virtual happy hour on Friday. Then to hear that people are doing this through services where they initially are saying what tip they're giving and then like zeroing it out afterwards. That's fucking shitty bags, man. Don't fucking do that to people. 
they're risking themselves I, to go out there uh, to to help you and you won't fucking tip them yeah i was in target last night not last night and you can start to tell who the instacart shoppers are and who the, you know all these delivery shoppers are Ship, because they wear the shirts yeah and, you know, you see them sitting there, like, photographing eggs and then texting people, like, is it this one you want or do you want this replacement? You know, because when it comes to certain items, you can say, hey, like, recommend a replacement if it's out and shit like that. And I mean, there was a guy picking up beer in the Publix aisle the other day, and just as I had left the aisle, I heard the sound of him dropping, like, 20 fucking bottles all over the floor. I felt so bad for him. Uh, but, man... You know, these guys are out there risking themselves so you can stay home and be safe. So fucking tip them big and don't don't rescind that shit as a tease. Like, that's just fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you want to plug anything? Uh, no, you can follow me on my social media accounts, ppalmasano77 on Instagram and dospirigos on Twitter. Joel? Florida, D-U-H, Brewer on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Mike Loves Beer on both of Twitter and Instagram as well. You can follow the show at United We Drink on Twitter, at United We Drink Pod on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Not many people pay attention to that. Uh, but um, also, if you want to support the show, we also have our web store where you can get a shirt, button, sticker, uh, tote, uh, cell phone cover, coffee mug, uh, any of those things, unitedwedrink.com slash store. Um, otherwise, stay tuned to our social media. We'll we'll unveil when we're going to do the virtual happy hour, and we'll hang out with all of you. And otherwise, we'll be back in two weeks for another new episode here. So everyone be safe out there, and we'll see you soon. Cheers. See you guys. Enjoy our music. What happened to Joel? What happened to Joel? What happened to Joel? What happened to Joel? Joel. Joel.